0: hello and welcome to a more perfect podcast so today we're not going to be going over any news articles no democratic candidates i know there was just a democratic debate it was a sleep fest i mean i slept through it but today we're going to be covering a bigger idea a larger topic if you will this topic is political discourse and civility recently i talked to my friends about politics and, you know, things that are going on, government, and suddenly, one of the, one of my friends, she just goes off on me. And she just goes off and she's just like, all you Trumpies are, you know, close to reality, you might as well be blindfolded, you're deaf. I'm I'm paraphrasing what she said, but she said all these things, and she was just uh, messages upon messages, you know. And this got me thinking, what the hell? And so I decided that I would look into it. I would go to my computer and I would, you know, find a bunch of articles, find a bunch of research, and do it, and then make an episode on it for you guys. And about political civility, which I think is something we can all relate to, even if we're not into politics. So she was just going after me. And I I looked into political civility. And it really goes back to the foundings of our nation. You know, our, our nation wasn't founded completely on conversation, it was founded on a whole war. You might have heard of it. It's called the Revolutionary War. That's about as far from civility as you can get, you know, killing people. But after that, of course, you know, America reigned supreme, then we had the Civil War, and I covered that in the last, last episode too, when I was talking about Elizabeth Warren's policies, talking about, in my point about civil rights. It's these rights that we have that are guaranteed by the Constitution of the United States. It's implementation. Implementation of ideas upon society that is the root of our political discourse. Our political discourse is being threatened right now. It is being under attack every single day, second, minute. It's craziness. So the Constitution is founded on this book. least a bunch of ideas from it. The book is called Second Treatise of Government. It's by John Locke. You may have heard of it in history class but what do you know it's kind of interesting and basically talks about natural rights and government among men it's the root of the political discourse So, as i said earlier you know it's these rights and this implementation of ideas from the government founded by men onto society that it's the root of our conversations about these rights and about these ideas and so this got me thinking more and I found this article from this excellent, excellent article from NPR. Which, you know, you may you may consider to be a little bit leaning to the Democratic side, the left side, but and I do too, but I'll, I'll still read it. I think the main problem with, you know, news, as we'll get into later, is that it's slanted one way or another, and it's not all, you know, straightforward facts all the time, because, because news is stupid nowadays. But anyways, the article from NPR is... In these divided times, is civility under siege." And it says, the constant crossfire on cable news and social media is just amplifying this divisive atmosphere that we have every single time that we talk about politics, every single time that somebody says Trump and everybody's head in the room turns. It's gotten that bad. I've seen it happen. The article says, when people talk about a crisis in civility, they're usually reporting their sense of what civility should be being unshared. So this means a non-universal grounds for what civility is defined as. We don't all have the same definition of that civility, which is so key. As I was thinking about this, it brought me to two questions. Which is, is civility a ruler, like a literal ruler, like you know, 12 inches, to slap the hands of the oppressed, or is civility only a useful decoration to a favorable argument? Meaning. Is civility a cudgel to say, oh, you're not being civil, shut up, to an op- to a argument that you don't like? Or is civility a useful decoration to a favorable argument or one that you like? Once you hear something that you like, once you hear something that you do agree with from Fox News or from MSNBC, you say, that's civil, That's that's what the other side's not doing, that's what I wish everybody would do. And what do you know? I'm not the only one that thinks this. President Obama gave a speech maybe, I don't know, a few weeks back it seems like now. Could be a month or so. Time flies. And it was about killing the cancel culture. I'll let you listen to a snippet of it here. But I do get a sense sometimes now among certain young people, and this is accelerated by social media, there is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. And that's enough. Like, if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word wrong verb, or then I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself. Because, man, you see how awoke I was? I called you out. <laughs> 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 that's not activism. That, that's not bringing about change. You know, it, it, if, if all you're doing is casting stones, uh you know you're, you're probably not going to get that far that's easy to do so obama rails against this crazy psycho people on twitter and the crazy psycho people that are putting pink sa- pink hats on their head and flying baby trump balloons and you know screaming at the supreme court banging on the doors when kavanaugh was inaugurated and sworn in as a supreme court justice There was another article and it was titled When the villain is Obama, not Trump, news suddenly becomes not worth reporting. It detailed that the AFP or the Agence France-Presse and the Reuters did report about a study from the United Nations about migrant children detained at the U.S. border and then being held in detention, except it was in 2015. You didn't see it because those two agencies, the AFP and Reuters, they immediately retracted those stories, deleted, the article says. If they could have used one of those men in black memory zappers, they would have. sheepishly the two news organizations explain that, you see, the UN data was from 2015, part of the border crackdown that had begun years earlier. In case you didn't know, Trump wasn't president in 2015. You know who was? Obama. That's why they had to withdraw it. Because instead of the evil orange man, it was... The nice, compassionate child caging black man. That story made Obama look bad, so they had to remove it. The article continues and it says CNN did a massive story this week involving the talents of five reporters after someone at Syracuse University sent out a white supremacist manifesto, gross stuff, to several cell phones and racist graffiti was discovered in a residence hall. Previously, similar outbreaks on campus turned out to be based on hoax. But if yet, if this story dissolves, CNN can accurately claim, hey, we were just reporting that the students were scared. But the impression, the impression's what matters, the creator, so to speak. The impression created by a thousand stories like this that America in 2019 is a white supremacist nightmare will linger all the same. Using and ignoring facts in accordance with whether they create the desired impression is the principal agenda of today's media. So it's all this bias and all this craziness that's going on in the news. See this is what we're fighting here. This casual bias. This intentional slippage of facts. News articles are what I see everybody referencing. You know, I had Lauren on here in episode 3. I keep going back to that episode and we really did cover a lot of ground in in that episode because Lauren is as far left as I am right. We both used articles, stats, stuff like that to support our ideas. So what everybody does. But when these ideas are censored, when these ideas are tampered with right out of the gate before they get published, when the op-ed section of the New York Times becomes the news section, that's when we all get in trouble. Because the very ammunition is being tainted. The very supporting facts of the argument, the articles that you quote, that you cite in your annotated bibliography are being tainted. That's why civility is under siege. One side is forced to defend itself against the other side who has overwhelming amounts of press on their side. There's been no reports on the economy recently. No reports that black unemployment is at an all-time low. No reports on the good stuff, only the bad, because everybody has an agenda nowadays and it's just sickening. When I try and make an episode about this podcast and about politics and American government, it's hard for me to find facts. You know, Part of the reason why it takes so long for me to produce episodes is because I'm trying to find what's really happening and it's very very hard because of the stupid slant that everybody gives them everybody gives their view on the news instead of the news it's just itself and its raw form and of course I don't blame them I mean how else are they supposed to make money what I'm trying to say is I don't like Fox I don't like CNN I don't like them because they both have slant but if I have to watch one of them I'll probably end up switching to the other because maybe the slant will balance it out what you also see is news agencies and publishing companies, they'll just exclude stories altogether like I just noted at with the economy. Nobody's reporting on that because it's good for Trump. Finally, I like to say that viciousness isn't activism. So in the beginning of this episode, we were talking about you know, my friend and you're just going completely ballistic on me. And that's what got me thinking about this civility. I realized that politics can be a conversational tool when used correctly. They always tell you not to talk about politics, and probably for a very, very good reason. But if you have to, it can actually be a very, very good civil, cordial conversation about a very interesting thing that affects all of us. I mean, I use it myself, you don't go figure. These personal attacks and slander, calling your opponent lying to the truth, calling your opponent stupid and psycho, it doesn't help anything, and it makes compromise if you're trying to reach a goal way more difficult. It shuts them down, it shuts their ears to you. I know that you're never going to change somebody's mind, but when I talk about politics, I'm not thinking about the person I'm talking to. I am thinking about the people that listen, the people that are around me, not participating in the conversation, but just absorbing information from each side. It's their minds that are at risk of change, because they're not being confronted about their ideas they're just absorbing your ideas, so to speak. The more nice you are, the more ideas can get across, and the more mean you are, the more people will just be hardened on their stances. You know, it might just evolve into a yelling match because hell, that's what you made it. When, when we talk about politics, when I talk about politics, I try and be as nice as I can about it because viciousness is not activism. If you are actively trying to promote a agenda, if you're trying to support a legislation, then why would you make yourself unappealing it doesn't make logical sense if you're mean and trying to you know promote something of course there are instances and this is the last thing is there are instances where civility changes where these manners that i'm talking about break down manners that i'm advocating for break down so you know I covered it in the fifth episode Hong Kong, and I'm going to cover it in future episodes too, because there's been a lot of stuff that's happened. But in Hong Kong, the government, the government has not listened. They have done nothing and had been doing nothing for a long time. with the Hong Kong protesters, they've been peacefully protesting peacefully protests, ever peaceful protests. They hadn't done anything, so eventually they resort to violence because their government is being a deaf idiot. It's this lack of cordiality by the government that caused them to have to resort to violent tactics. Political conversations, they don't have to be mean unless you make them mean. If one party is attacking you, you have every right to defend yourself. But if no party is attacking you and you are just being mean, then you are the one at fault. And if the conversation goes somewhere that's ugly and you were the one that was yelling in the first place, then it's your fault for taking it there. So I would encourage you to guys to have manners. Be civil when you talk about politics. It can be very divisive, but it can also be very fun. I mean, it can. We have to balance civility with effective communication. And... At every single point in history, great change has been considered in civil, but that's not to justify rudeness and viciousness either. Please do rate this podcast up; give it five stars on Apple Podcasts. Of course, all of the articles are going to be linked in the description. Um, you just so long press on the episode and click details, and you can click the links there and you know find all the articles that I referenced in this episode. They're pretty interesting if you want to give them a read. That's it for me, you guys have a more perfect day.